0: Listening to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit
1: on MPB Think Radio. We're glad to take your calls at 1 MPB Ring. That's 1 877 672 7464. You can always email your comments and questions to healthy at MPBOnline.org. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting.
2: Good morning from MPB Think Radio. This is Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit. So today I'm very excited to have with us Ansley. Butcher is back with us, of course. She'll be with us for the next couple of weeks. And I'm really excited today to have with us Dr. Kimberly Ward for the UMC. Do, do y'all call it the Face and Something Center? It's the Face and Skin Center. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. And it's <laughs> part
3: of the Department of Dermatology at UMC. I knew U- it was M-M-C. UMC. I've mm-hmm. been over there yep. many
2: times, but I just can't remember what it was formerly called. It's got this... Really, really nice office off Highland Colony out there. Yeah. But Dr. Ward is the director of cosmetic dermatology. So this is I think I thought about you yesterday because I was out there working in the yard and out there trying to get a few miles in in preparation for all the stuff I've signed up for, I'm not in shape for. And I thought, Okay, I probably I probably should have some sunscreen. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh, oh, but
3: it gets to be a little bit cool, and you don't even think about it anymore. That's true. That's oh. true. But yes, rain, shine, winter, summer, hot, cold. We should have our sunscreen on. Well, I've got lots of questions for you because I actually, I'm going to say it because she
2: wouldn't mind. Natalie Hutto was with us last week, and mm-hmm. we were talking about, of course, totally different subject. But then Natalie did share with us that she'd been out there as a patient. To have a little, I don't know if we call it procedure or something, but she highly recommended it to me. She <laughs> <How did you laughs> told me I needed it, <laughs> so we're going to have to talk about that and we what we can do. But we'd love to hear from any of our listeners, any questions that you have about your facial care, sunscreens, any of that. We've got Dr. Ward here with us, so give us a call at one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. So I, I'm 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 just going to jump ahead. Because after Natalie brought that up last week. So at this phase in life, so Mm -hmm. I'm 60. Mm -hmm. I've had 58 years of not wearing any sunscreen, which is terrible. Mm -hmm. I grew up on the Mississippi coast where nobody thought about putting sunscreen. on. Right. Never even thought about it. And going through those high school days where you, you know, you used iodine and baby oil oh, and yes. you, you, I was going to say baked, but we really broiled, broiled Man. on one side and then flipped and mm-hmm. broiled on the other side. So at this point in life, is there anything you can do about all that sun damage?
3: There are. There are a number of things. (laughs) It is not too late. So, first of all, it is never too late to start wearing your sunscreen. I'm I'm trying now. I am. So, and we can talk later about what we recommend about that. But in terms of um, maybe turning back the clock a little bit, so when we think about what contributes to aging, um, there's a few things that go into it. There is, um, of course, the obvious things on the surface of the skin—the wrinkles, the brown spots—and there are things we can do for that. And there's also volume loss, and there are things. We can do that do for that as well. So um, for wrinkles, we start. We can always start easy and inexpensive with a little bit of retin A, which is a topical retinoid. Helps build collagen, turn your skin over a little bit more quickly. Get you on some good moisturizers. there are some laser procedures that in, can improve your fine lines and wrinkles. Um, for, brown spots, <laughs> <laughs> for brown spots, for brown spots, there are lightening creams. There are laser procedures, chemical peels. So there are a lot of things out there that can be done to make you just look a little bit more refreshed. And it does not have to look like you've had something done yeah. either.
2: Yeah, yeah. And so you said like loss of volume
3: in your yes. tissue. So believe it or yeah. not, we lose not only collagen but also fat mm. and bone. And that contributes to our to our Aged appearance as well. Um, and, and you um, can't move
2: it from the hips to the face. You, w- you,
3: wouldn't that be nice <laughs> if wouldn't we that could be wonderful? gain weight in our face? But we don't. So, um, so thankfully, our pharmaceutical companies have come up with these ways that we can kind of plump ourselves up a little bit. Mm. And a lot of times when people think about fillers and Botox, they have this image in their head of the overdone. Hollywood set, and that's not the goal. And frankly, most people wouldn't even have the budget to oh, look yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, the goal is to look well-rested, refreshed, youthful. Just like your normal self. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's
2: right. Well, so that's a good question though. So expense wise, yes, um, are these things that are, are most of them aren't covered by insurance? They is are that not.
3: That is correct. So mm-hmm. are
2: they are they uh,
3: affordable for most people at just these more early step type things, right? So they are fairly affordable. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say they're inexpensive. Um, and there is some maintenance to it, just like you have to get your hair done every six to eight weeks. It's the same. Um, not quite as frequently, but, um, it's the same with some of these procedures. Um, but for example, a session of Botox, which, um, you might be using anywhere from 20 to 50 units. And most people charge somewhere between ten and fifteen dollars per unit, so that's what you're looking at ballpark wise for a treatment of Botox, which lasts three to four months. Mm. Okay. Mm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, but but uh, even even I'm um, I'm thinking like creams, creams. Okay. Yeah. okay. Something so, like that. Or what right. Natalie had uh, yes, had yes, done yes. Those, that kind of thing. That sound, that sounds more appealing to me.
3: Yes. So topical things um do not have to be expensive to be effective. Um and my patients have heard me preach this over and over again. You do not have to spend a lot of money for a good moisturizer. Um your two key um topical treatments for your anti-aging are your moisturizer with sunscreen and your retin-A. Now not everybody can use retin-A it is a little bit drying and a little bit irritating. Um, but you work your way up very slowly with a very small amount every other night or maybe every third night. Put moisturizer on top of it. And um, those two things alone can go a long way. Now, you're not going to wake up next month and look 20 years younger. Um, but 20 years from now, you're going to look a whole lot better for having used them had compared to had you not. And these are things that you can lo- use long term? Absolutely, yes. No harm? S- Uh, As long as you're not pregnant or nursing.
2: Okay. Okay, And moisturizer. So what do you recommend as far as moisturizers? Because you get all these different things. I mean, I get all these things with my different department store alert emails. Mm -hmm. And and, uh, all these different, sounds like absolutely wonderful type things. And then there are all these, um, Ansley and I were talking about this last week, like these, I can't remember the name, but how people, kind of like I remember the old Tupperware party, but they have these lotion type things and you buy this whole kit right i remember i bought one because a friend was selling it at Mm -hmm. one point and it was oh my goodness five or six different things and oh goodness it was too complicated i couldn't remember which i was supposed to apply first (laughs) and at which time of day and finally i just gave up and i said okay i'm gonna use each one and just use it till it's gone and forget when it needed to be on or where it needed to be put because i couldn't i lost the instructions and i finally just used them all up one at a time but that was way too complicated for me. Right, I right. Okay and a, a lot of people an an feel that way. We're all busy. My- yeah, <laughs> <great>. Yes, yes,
3: yes. <laughs> um, so what do I reckon, recommend in a moisturizer? So first of all, like I said, it does not have to be expensive. It, You know, when you walk into the drugstore or a department store, it can be very overwhelming. Oh, yes. And what you have yes. to remember about the cosmeceutical industry is that it is not FDA regulated. And so oh. their claims do not mm-hmm. have to be proven. Mm-hmm. So as long as they are not claiming to change, structure or function which would put them into the drug category and require them to do testing and be FDA approved as long as they don't make those kinds of claims they can claim anything they want oh, yes. so clinically proven means what they want it to mean mm-hmm. not necessarily a randomized controlled double blind study like we're used to that in medicine to so mm-hmm. you you have to go in there with a little bit of um you have to have some common sense. And, and remember that if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Um, now, back to moisturizer. Really, it's more personal preference than the magic ingredient in the moisturizer. Now, that being said, you do want a Retin-A or a Retinol at night. So, Retinol is your over-the-counter topical retinoid. It is weaker than a prescription-strength Retin-A. But it's also a nice way to start if you want to just see if your skin might be able to tolerate retinoids. Um and like then, those rock products like exactly, those exactly. exactly. that. Yes, yes, a great way to start. Mm-hmm. Um and then if you find that your skin is not too dry, irritated, red from that, then you might ask your physician to to bump you up to a prescription strength retin A. Um and then your moisturizer with sunscreen. Um so what you want to look for is something that covers UVA and UVB. So UVA rays are contributing to aging and skin cancer. UVB rays are contributing to burns and skin cancer. And remember, UVA rays do penetrate through glass. So even if you say you're not going outside, if you're driving in your car, you're still still getting some UVA rays. Um, So you want something broad spectrum. And the FDA did um, revise their rules about packaging for sunscreens a couple of years ago. So if it says broad spectrum, it must cover UVA and UVB to some degree. Um, dermatologists love zinc oxide because it does cover UVA and UVB, very broad spectrum. It's a physical sunscreen. Um, it's a barrier type Exactly. In. It works as a yeah. barrier. So it reflects the UV rays. Um, some of your other sunscreen ingredients that you might see, like avobenzone, oxybenzone, things like that, actually absorb that UV energy and convert it into um, heat or scatter it. Um And they're not quite as broad spectrum, which is why you often see them combined with lots of different chemical sunscreen ingredients, because you need that to get the broad spectrum. Um, So we love zinc oxide. Um, Mm. But then that makes you look white. Well, so those were the old days, right, with the white nose or then it became the pink nose. So now they have micronized the zinc Mm. oxide and also titanium dioxide, which is kind of your second best ingredient, um, so that it doesn't give you that white pasty look. Um, and there are a lot of great ones at the drugstore. Um, there are some that your physician may dispense, but there are no prescription sunscreens. So there are a lot of great ones available over the counter.
2: So you could just really go in and look and compare and just, dis- will it say on the label it that UVA so, and mm-hmm. UVB?
3: Yes, yes. And in terms of SPF, sun protection mm-hmm. factor, so that refers to um, the time So let's say it takes you five minutes to burn in the sun with no sunscreen on. An SPF 30 is going to give you 30 times that amount of time to get your sunburn. Okay, that's what an SPF refers to. And it refers to the UVB rays, not the UVA rays. Um, So that's what an SPF is. We recommend an SPF 30 or higher. You um, put it on, like I said, rain, shine, winter, summer, every single morning on all sun-exposed skin. That means face, ears, Mm. neck, tops of your hands. Um, And if you are outdoors for more than two hours, you do need to reapply it. They all wear off after that. If you are swimming, you need to reapply it.
2: Well, so if you get one that's thirty versus eighty-five, right? I know. So
3: even if you think eighty-five times, no,
2: but you still have to reapply. It. You still have to reapply mm. it, and that's so there's where, really no value in no, getting no, okay.
3: no. And in fact, one of the the rules that the FDA changed is they will no longer allow anything over an SPF fifty. Some of the manufacturers are a little bit behind on that packaging rule, but but yeah, they're not going to allow anything over a fifty. It doesn't make sense. Mm. So if you think about it, an SPF fifteen is blocking about ninety-four percent of your UVB rays an SPF 30 is blocking 97%. It's not a huge increase in percentage, but mm-hmm. one of the big reasons we recommend a 30 over a 15 is to account for the fact that most people underapply the quantity of sunscreen that is required. So if you're going to the beach or the lake and you're putting sunscreen on your whole body, you need a, one ounce of sunscreen to cover your entire body. That's a lot of sunscreen. Um, mm-hmm. So if you look at the bottle of sunscreen, it really should not last you all that long. And most people don't apply enough. Um, so hopefully if you underapply a little bit, at least you're getting a third of a, a 15, an SPF 15.
2: Because even if you think about those little tubes of like Bacitracin ointment or something. Those right. are uh, some of those are 15 grams. Right. And of course, that's weight, not liquid. But you think, wow, twice that much. Right. Mm. Right. Yeah, that's a lot. Yes. Mm. So we'll take a quick break here. I uh, will be back with you right after this break. We're talking about putting our best face forward. So Topicals and Beyond with Dr. Kimberly Ward. Give us a call 1877 MPB ring. That's 18776727464. So we'll be back with you right after this break.
0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.
1: You're listening to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. We're glad to take your calls at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. You can always email your comments and questions to healthy at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting.
2: From MPB Think Radio, this is Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit. I'm Debbie Miner, and I'm here today with Dr. Kimberly Ward from the University of Mississippi Medical Center, uh, Face and Skin Center. Did I get that right? You did. <laughs> <laughs> and Ansley is with us. And so we were talking a little bit during the break about the differences between some of these, um, I'll say, facial treatments. So a, a peel versus like, Laser type stuff versus the just where your skin just sloughs off. So, what are the differences and how would you know which you wanted? And are these things strictly cosmetic or is there a benefit? I know at one time I was given Retin A to put on my nose because I had this pre cancer stuff mm-hmm. and I was given this Retin A to keep first it was lasered and then I was supposed to put that on for a while and use it,
3: right. Right. <laughs> so so um, that wasn't that wasn't cosmetic. Right, right. So, so there are some medical indications for retinase. Certainly we started using it for acne and still do. Mm-hmm. It's one of our mainstays for the treatment of acne. Um and it does have some um anti cancer, if you will, properties. Mm-hmm. Um so we'll use it for real superficial precancers mm-hmm. or sometimes to help prevent precancers in patients who have had a lot of those. Um so how do you know what you need? Well, well, and so would one, would one of these peel things or
2: whatever, would that be beneficial for my skin exposure and the
3: potential for precancer? It can help. Generally, you have to have a pretty deep peel to help for this. <laughs> <laughs> it's also a bit of a challenge to get your insurance company to cover it. Um, because yeah, oh, you- I might rationalize. <laughs> if I was putting cancer on my face, I might say, oh, okay, I can fork out that money for that. <laughs> um, so peels are used for a lot of different things. So precancers are one indication. Um, we also use them for hyperpigmentation, so brown spots, um, for... Textural irregularities, so roughness, they, they help for fine lines, um, they even help for acne, so sometimes we'll use it for, um, for patients who have stubborn acne who want to kind of think outside the box a little bit. Um, versus lasers, which Lasers, by definition, really target something in particular. So um, we've got lasers that target hemoglobin, and those are good for those dilated blood vessels that we develop on our face with age and sun exposure. And people with rosacea develop those a good bit as well. Um, we also have lasers that target pigment. So after one of those laser procedures, your little brown spots will turn a little bit browner and then kind of flake off. Um, so it really depends on whether you want to treat your all over skin and kind of improve texture, tone, um, maybe some fine lines and wrinkles and some brown spots as well versus whether you're targeting one particular issue. And in that case, often lasers are the way to go.
2: So you basically decide on maybe what a patient wants, what their, their desired outcome. Yes, Yes. And then probably the best thing with their skin and what they need. Right.
3: right. And you also have to factor in um, budget, um, the patient's lifestyle. So can they afford to have some downtime where they maybe wouldn't want to go to work for a day or two, or does that just not work for them? There are a lot of factors um, that determine what what treatment is best for what patient. So I'd love to hear from
2: you about any of your questions about uh, your skin, your face. We've been talking today with Dr. Kimberly Ward about putting your best face forward. Give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's 1-877-672-7464. So uh, if we think about skin care, how early should you begin
3: Kids? Yes, children, absolutely. So um, right. so the recommendations have always been six months and up. So they, they don't recommend sunscreens for infants under the age of six months. But really the reason for that is that they're not tested, mm-hmm. not because we, they have been proven to be unsafe. Um, well, I can so, think
2: that. I mean, my goodness, we use zinc oxide for years for Right. thug right. rash prevention.
3: Right, exactly. I, I remember that
2: from 30 years ago. <laughs> and,
3: and clearly you would much rather put a sunscreen on your infant than have them get a sunburn. Uh-huh. Um, I think the six-month guideline is under the understanding that you're under six month infant will not be out in the sun at all. So, um, so really, I say as as early as possible, um, get your children into the habit of putting on their moisturizer with sunscreen every morning before they go to school. Um, and also remember, mm. this I is important. Most parents don't do that. Uh, yeah, and it's. Um. I mean, it's hard. We're all trying to get out of mm-hmm. the out of the house in the morning. But um, also remember, sunscreen is a screen, not a block. So we really try to get away from calling it sunblock, and it's called sunscreen, so it doesn't block everything. Um, So there's a layered approach to sun protection. So in addition to your sunscreen, um, hats are important. Um, wearing long sleeves those swim shirts um, are great they have usually they have a UPF mm-hmm. of 50 plus yeah great option and then that cuts down on needing to reapply the sunscreen which is often difficult when kids are in the pool all day um, also just trying to choose your activities early morning or late afternoon rather than midday when the UV rays are strongest um, all those things can be helpful.
2: So you mentioned those those sleeve things and all that. And so those things are wonderful now. Even kids' swimsuits may make those mm-hmm. cute little swimsuits with those little sleeve things and all that. And who would have ever thought about that years ago? But uh, I, And my husband has those. They look funny. I'm going to tell you. They <laughs> look funny. But they're like little separate sleeve things oh, that yeah. he can put on because he's had some cancer things removed from his arms. And so now as he's golfing, I mean, he has his little golf shirt on and then he'll put those little funny looking sleeve things on. I love it. And so I'm sure out at that, watching that Sanderson farm Mm -hmm. event all this week, which is a wonderful, wonderful event to, to raise money for our children's hospital. He'll have those little funny looking sleeve things on Mm -hmm. unless it, unless it's cool enough. Hopefully it'll be cool enough for a little jacket,
3: mm-hmm. but and uh, hopefully his broad rim hat as well.
2: Yeah, oh yes, he'll have that hat on too because he's also had something removed from his ear. Yes, which is
3: really common, oh. especially in men. Men mm. love the baseball caps, mm-hmm. um, but the problem is they don't cover the sides of the face mm-hmm. or the tops of the ears. So uh broad rim hat is,
2: is yeah. much yeah Some of them, it didn't look like you're quite making a fashion statement, but right. they are practical. Right, this is
3: true. <laughs> <laughs> there are some pretty good companies out there now that <laughs> that make some nice looking hats, so shop <laughs> around.
2: <laughs> so I have to remember, I, I will be the guilty one, but I'll have to remember to put my sunscreen on before I go out there absolutely. and find, find me a cute hat. Yes,
3: absolutely. <laughs> find something practical.
2: Of course, with the hair, too, that's... Like you said, with women, it's not as much of Mm -hmm. as much of a problem. Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah, we do. So it looks like we've got a.
2: uh, Have we got Vivian on the line? Oh no, I think I just lost her. Jay, did I lose her? Oh, sorry. Okay, Vivian, please call back. I think I may have done something to lose you. (laughs) (laughs) But so so those those sleeve type things and the swimsuit things. If you put those on, do you
3: need to put sunscreen on underneath? You it? don't. That's what's fabulous about them. Um, and so it's a lot less hassle, and it really saves you a lot of money in sunscreen. I mean, if you're applying the correct amount of sunscreen, you can go go, go through a good bit of it. Um, so I love them, and they're not hot. It's No, amazing. no, they're not. Have you seen those things, Ansley?
2: I do you know what we're talking it. about? No. Mm. Well, it, it looks like it looks like. Um, well, like the little kids' swimsuits and all they have just built in, but these things just look like a like a a long thin sock without you put them on without the toes. oh, yeah, you just slip those things up to where your sleeve is mm. so they're uh they're very interesting, I mean, you probably can get them for your legs too, yeah. <laughs> just like real thin tights
3: Baby and they and block the sun the mm-hmm.
2: yeah. they block the sun. so if someone um how, how would someone know, or even, because, I mean, we've been talking, I mean, me honestly here, I've been thinking somewhat cosmetic, but mm-hmm. how how would you know if you had a potential skin cancer?
3: So great question.
2: Because, um, I mean, goodness, we live in Mississippi. Yes. We are all at so much risk. It's just when. Right. I know I've just had these little places that never would get, just stayed red and peeling. Finally, I went to see about it a few years ago on my nose. But how would you really know? Because we all have all these
3: Mm -hmm.
2: discoloration and moles and all this from being in the sun for so much of our lives.
3: So the most common types of skin cancers are the basal cell carcinomas and squamous cell carcinomas. And um, basal cell carcinomas often start like a little pimple that won't go away in a month or so like a pimple should. Sometimes it will bleed very easily um, so you'll hardly touch it. You'll wash your face and it bleeds. Mm -hmm. Um, Squamous cell carcinomas Carcinomas um, often present like little red, rough patches of skin that don't tend to go away with moisturizer. Both of them sometimes can be a little bit sensitive. Um, bleed easily. So those would be signs for those types of skin cancers. Now, the more worrisome type of skin cancer, the deadliest form of skin cancer is melanoma. And so the things to look for there are the ABCDEs. Yes, yeah, so okay.
2: that we hear about. Yeah, yeah, so your
3: A is asymmetry. Your B is border, so if the borders are irregular. C is color, so if there are multiple colors within that one lesion d is diameter greater than six millimeters now i don't love that one i'll say because um, melanomas can certainly be smaller than six millimeters mm. so i do d for diameter and for dark so if you have a black mole no matter what size it is um, it might be good to get that checked out and then e is evolution so a changing mole should be evaluated Um, So those are the big ones for melanoma. And sometimes in melanoma, too, we look for the ugly duckling. So if you have a mole that just does not look like the other ones, and certainly if it's changing, um, it's a good idea to get on to your dermatologist and have them look at it.
2: Well, what if you have a mole like that that is large and dark and mm-hmm. asymmetric and all and you've had it checked mm-hmm. and told it was fine is that something that could change over time they absolutely
3: can change yes you would need to have it rechecked yes yes um if you and if you're not real good at watching your moles it's probably a good idea to have a skin check by a dermatologist um it's a great idea to get in the habit of looking at your own moles um kind of along the lines of a breast self-exam. So kind of monthly, look in the mirror, look yourself over. Um, I have a lot of patients who detect their own melanomas mm. um, because they come in and say this is bigger or mm-hmm. it's darker or mm-hmm. um, it bled last week. And so that's really important. Now about a little more than half of melanomas come up de novo, meaning they are melanomas from the get-go, and a little less than half of them start from moles. So certainly a changing mole should mm. should prompt a visit to your dermatologist.
2: Well, I've, of course, Marshall Ramsey mm-hmm. has had melanoma, and we've had him on the show before And Melanoma Month. I think he was here last, last I can't even remember what month that was, but Melanoma it's Month May. with mm-hmm. Anna Cole, and we talked mm-hmm. about that. Oh, that's so scary, so mm-hmm. scary because most people don't ever catch it right don't right, and if it. it's caught Just early, like, it really mm-hmm. is very
3: treatable. um so don't wait on those
2: mm. so we talked about kids and starting with the sunscreen and all that and then but like teenagers that's that's of course during that time where more prone to acne, Mm -hmm. and you want to dry the skin out, and people think, get out in the sun, that's going to make it
3: better. Right. How how do you approach that? So um, for the teenagers, you'll look for something that says oil-free and non-comedogenic, which just is a fancy word for does not clog pores. And there are a lot of things available um, in the drugstore that fit those those parameters so that's a good option yeah so the sun has some anti-inflammatory properties Mm -hmm. and so that's where the um, idea has come from that it helps acne um but obviously that's not a great acne treatment um we know because um Years and years ago, doctors used to use x-ray therapy for acne, Mm -hmm. um, and now we have those patients um, coming in with a lot of skin cancers from that treatment. So um, sun is not a good treatment for your acne. Mm -hmm. Um, And remember, there is no safe tan, so... um, wear your sunscreen
2: well now even tanning beds don't they have uh precautions
3: or you have to sign a waiver if Mm -hmm. you're under age 18 right Mm -hmm. right and um and the teenage girls are are sometimes difficult to reach out to about the tanning beds and um you know, I would encourage people to try self tanners, spray on tans. All of those things are safe as long as you don't inhale them <laughs> while they're being sprayed. <laughs> um, we don't—we're not real sure about the safety and from that perspective, Whoa. but um, but from a skin perspective, from they're topical. very safe. Yes, and tanning harmful. beds are absolutely dreadful for your skin. So they increase your risk of skin cancers, all types of skin cancers, including melanoma. And the risk of melanoma is pretty high with tanning bed users. Mm. Um, so And is that because of the different intensity of the light, or is it because you more
2: typically have much broader exposure of your skin? It's probably
3: both. So in some tanning beds, the light is more intense than the sunlight, and also I think it has to do with the frequency um, that people are using them, and also they're getting their full body exposed, so it's a little bit different than if you go out for a run, you're wearing some clothing, Mm -hmm. and typically in tanning beds, they're not. Mm -hmm. Um, So definitely avoid those. Mm,
2: Goodness. Okay, so uh, let's see if I can... Jay, can I go to Millie? Oh, okay. Okay, hold on just a second. Millie, we'll get back with you right after this break. So we'll take a quick break and then we'll be back with talking about our face and our skin with Dr. Kimberly Ward.
0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.
1: You're listening to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. We're glad to take your calls at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. You can always email your comments and questions to healthy at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting.
2: Good morning from MPB Think Radio. This is Southern Remedy, Healthy and Fit. I'm Debbie Miner. And today we're talking about our face and putting our best face forward. We've had some interesting discussions already about uh, some of the things associated with aging and some of those things to just, like, yeah, put our best face forward. It doesn't have to be a massive overhaul, but just being the best that we can. We talk about that all the time on this show, just being the best that you possibly can <laughs> as far as whether you're eating, exercising, or what. So let's go to Millie on the line. Good morning, Millie. Thank you for holding.
4: Hello, hi. Uh, I'm I'm calling regarding my mom. Yes, She's ma'am. Eighty-five. She had eye surgery, and um, there was something like a violator that was left on her forehead. Um, and over a period of time, where that um was left, a ringworm uh, developed, or a tetter, or something. And then it spread all over her face.
2: Oh, my goodness. Hmm. That's that's interesting. That doesn't quite sound like a ringworm, but we'll let Dr. Ward address that.
4: Hmm. And I'm wondering if that's something we can get over the counter or if she should uh, see a dermatologist.
3: (laughs) It sounds like she should probably see a dermatologist. There's a pretty quick and easy non-invasive test that we can do in the office where we just scrape a little bit of that scale off and look under the microscope and pretty quickly and easily tell if there's a fungal infection there. And that way she'll know the diagnosis and and the best treatment plan. Um, And then if if it's not a fungal infection, you know, we can talk about the other things that it might be.
4: Okay, so um, she should just go to a regular doctor?
3: Yeah, I would recommend a dermatologist. Oh, okay.
2: Yeah, it sounds like she needs to see a skin doctor Mm -hmm. because it sounds like it's past the point of where she had her eye doctor doing that part of it. It sounds like this is something maybe related to the beginning, but past that point. So it sounds like she does need to see a skin doctor. Have y'all got somebody there that you can go to that you can take her to, Millie? I don't. I don't
4: know all the dermatologists
3: here. I am. Where not are you calling sure? from, She's Natchez? You do have a dermatologist in Natchez. Good. Yes. Good. Yes.
2: Yeah, get her. Get her checked out. Sometimes it's. I know when you've got elderly parents and their skin, it's just so so fragile. Oh my goodness. Little things can just happen quick and get get worse. So yeah, get her checked out. Okay. Thank okay. You. Thank you for Thank calling. You. Good morning, June. Oh, hi. Oh, it looks like you're kind about blood blisters. I'm so glad you asked that because I would have had that question too. <laughs> <laughs> so what is your question specifically or your comment?
4: Uh, I have these uh, blood blisters. that goes like, uh, from my side to across my stomach, and I've had them for quite a while. And some of them would dry up and then go away, and then other ones would pop up. They don't hurt or anything. I always forget that they're there until i scrape one i was just wondering if they're common or they are extremely
3: common and there's not anything that you can do to help prevent them unfortunately they're not dangerous they're not precancerous the worst that could happen is that some of those larger ones when they get scratched can bleed a good bit because they're full of blood vessels Right, um, if they bother you cosmetically, there are laser procedures that can zap those off um but but nothing to worry about now, like I said earlier, if you have one of them that just does not look like the others, certainly mm-hmm. get that checked out. okay, you don't want to miss a skin cancer, but if they're all looking like those bright red um kinda usually they're somewhere between one and three millimeters um mm-hmm. they're they're probably those cherry angiomas, very, very common.
4: Okay, that's all I was wondering about. Thank you very much. Thanks Let's for do calling.
2: all the time. Thank you. And so, so do they occur? Uh, is it more likely in an area that is aggravated, or no, Because not I was thinking abdominal, around of, waistline. No, I get no. them on my feet, but mm-hmm. I think I'm aggravating my feet.
3: No, they really can happen anywhere. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, that, that was
2: kind of like because- the other
3: thing that's mm. really common um, is a seborrheic keratosis. Oh. those are those little stuck-on brown. Lesions. Nobody likes them. Yes, those exactly. All
2: of your chest. Yes,
3: and they can happen anywhere, also. Again, not much to do to prevent them. They sometimes become irritated when they mm-hmm. rub on clothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and and they'll so, bleed. Yes, mm-hmm. and so in that case, your dermatologist can freeze them off. But um, yeah, those are probably the two most common skin, benign skin lesions that come up with increasing numbers with age. And those
2: those areas are more likely where you've had sun exposure, aren't they?
3: They are, but you know those separate <laughs> keratoses come up in, in covered I, I areas we as well. I'm so Dr. my chest right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, but they happen in covered areas as well, so oh, we can't tie it huh, to sun exposure. Interesting. Yeah.
2: Well, one time, it seems like I heard something about some of those are skin tags were Related, main to like a GI or colon cancer. If you uh, had those, okay. more is okay that true? Yes.
3: So there is. Um, if you have a sudden eruption of seborrheic oh, keratosis, okay. so you you really didn't have many, and then all of a sudden you developed hundreds of them, it's called the sign of lesser Trelot, and mm. in that case you would investigate for an underlying cancer, but it, that's very, very it, rare. These, very these ones rare. that just yeah. come up yeah. and gotten
2: worse and worse yeah. starting in your 30s exactly. and then each decade, yeah. they're just, okay. Yeah, real okay. common.
3: Okay. Okay. So <laughs> I had a question since I'm kind of younger. I'm 24. You're definitely younger. <laughs> <laughs> when would you start recommending like the retinol creams? Yeah. Great question. So um, I would go ahead and start, you know, as long as you are not pregnant nursing or trying to get pregnant, um, there is no reason you can't go ahead and start with the retinols and the retinase. Prevention is key. So go ahead and and get started on those. And those the retinols and the retinase are to be used at nighttime. Okay. um, And then you use your sunscreen in the morning. Okay. What make makeup with sunscreen? Oh, great question. Okay, so I get that a lot. People say, oh, well, my makeup has sunscreen in it. Mm. But remember what I said earlier about the importance of how much sunscreen Mm -hmm. you use? Mm -hmm. Most people are not coating on a thick enough layer of makeup to get the SPF that it is listed on the bottle. Okay. So don't rely on your makeup. Just go ahead and pretend like your makeup doesn't even have sunscreen okay. in it. And and get a moisturizer with sunscreen. Mm-hmm. That's a right great it. question. That's what mm-hmm. I that doing. is a good yeah.
2: question. Yeah, That's and especially at your age I know you're
3: not wearing enough makeup to get <laughs>
2: <laughs> Okay, now let's go back a step. What about washing your face?
3: Oh, okay, another good question. So um Again, now I'm real down-to-earth about skincare, so so, (laughs) um, again, you do not have to spend a lot of money on a cleanser. The the purpose of a cleanser is to use it twice a day to remove dirt, oil, and makeup. And um, so you want to match your cleanser to your skin type. So if you have a real oily skin, you might use one. Um, that has a little salicylic acid in it or a little glycolic acid to kind of exfoliate. But you may not be able to use those if you're dry. So in that case, you would use kind of some of the milder cleansers like dermatologists often recommend Cetaphil Mm -hmm. or CeraVe, just real mild non-foaming cleansers. If you're somewhere in between, you can use a regular plain foaming cleanser. Um, But the face is not a good place for those deodorant bar soaps like Ivory, Irish Spring. Those are very drying for skin. And in fact, as we get older, our skin gets drier. It does not hold on to moisture quite as well. So those soaps sometimes are a good thing to, to put to the wayside um, and switch to more of a gentle bar soap like Dove. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, is Jeff okay for your face? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
2: Well, and haven't they, tri- haven't they changed soaps too just because of uh, bacterial resistance? And, or was that? I know there was a proposal to do that. I don't know. if that's Are you gone. talking
3: about the triclosan? Oh, I don't they ju- they just banned like triclosan. Um, so in the coming years, they're going to remove mm-hmm. those from the antibacterial soaps because they have not shown to work on bacteria any better than the general standby soap. Um, and there's some concern about. The environment and bacterial resistance and that kind of thing. But you're normally for your face and body, yeah. you're normally not using an antibacterial soap with triclosan. Hopefully not. No. Hopefully not. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so I hear that music, which means it's Jay reminding us that we need to take another quick break. So we got time for a few more questions. Give us a call at 1-877-672-7464 or one eight seven seven MPB ring. Got uh, just a few minutes for another couple of calls about our face and putting our best face forward. We'll be back with you right after this quick break.
0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.
1: You're listening to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. We're glad to take your calls at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. You can always email your comments and questions to healthy at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting.
2: Good morning from MPB Think Radio. This is Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit. So we're going to continue our discussion about putting our best face forward. Uh, and let's see. Oh, during our break, we we're talking about supplements. So the question we get a lot. uh And now, goodness, now it's been going on about 10 years. It seems like it seems like it was just yesterday. But vitamin D.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Who needs vitamin D? Because for a while it was because we had all this increased awareness about right. certain populations, which ends up being most of Mississippi, even though mm-hmm. we're here right here in the in the sun, uh, vitamin D deficient and... People need supplements, and oh, goodness, I remember, of course, it's my area, but being so optimistic that vitamin D would be helpful in those mm-hmm. people who are deficient for lowering their blood pressure right. and all these different things. So the vitamin D studies that have come out over the years haven't been as promising as what we would hope mm-hmm. in, in lots of areas, but I'm thinking more in the in the world of cardiovascular disease right so
3: what about our skin right so i get oh, that so question that's, a lot that's well different area or, or people think well i don't i don't want to wear sunscreen because mm-hmm. i need my sun- yeah i gotta get that mm-hmm. vitamin d so um you there are plenty of other ways to get vitamin d so you can get vitamin d from your diet um from a multivitamin you don't necessarily want to take too much of it mm-hmm. um, so um but vitamin. yeah so don't overdose on it but um you know Fortified milk and yogurt, fatty fishes like salmon, that kind of thing, um, are high in vitamin D eggs. Um, and, and the sun is just yet another way, but we know that the sun contributes to skin cancer. So why increase your risk for skin cancer when you don't have to, when there are mm-hmm. other avenues to get your vitamin D?
2: Well, so is that something that you typically assess in your practice, vitamin D
3: levels? I I don't, not routinely. Mm -hmm. Really, the only time I test for it um, is if we're looking at hair loss. Mm -hmm. Sometimes a vitamin D deficiency can contribute to hair loss, and so sometimes I'll draw it for that. Um, But we kind of went through the same thing in dermatology. You know, our patients who have had melanoma are understandably religious about wearing their sunscreen, and so we we would check them. And... Um, but we've kind of moved away from that mm-hmm. a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So it used to, uh, well, of course we were recommending the, and we still do, we still do treat deficiencies as such, but, uh, looking at vitamin D for other types of benefits, it just hadn't panned out mm-hmm. like how we thought it would. Mm-hmm. So there wouldn't be any reason that someone would take like a, a daily over the counter vitamin D tablet just to help their skin. No, no. Okay. Okay. Are there other things? Are there other like over-the-counter supplements? We've talked about topical type things, mm-hmm. but are there other
3: supplements that you recommend routinely? I, well, I really don't. None of them have been proven to help with skin. Um, there's one, biotin can mm-hmm. help with nails. Now, mm-hmm. it's never been proven on the hair end. People who develop Mm -hmm. hair loss often are hopeful that maybe biotin will help with that it's never panned out for that but it can help strengthen your nails a little bit Um, as we age just like our skin gets drier our nails get drier and they tend to get more brittle Um, and so five milligrams of biotin every day can help that a little bit and that's a water soluble vitamin so you can't take too much of that
2: yeah.
3: Um but no, in general not. Now there's an interesting um antioxidant. And um well, that's what I was thinking more yeah. the antioxidant. So there's type an things. antioxidant and it's got a name um we probably need the gestalt gardener for this one, but it's polypodium leuco something, and it's it's derived from the a Central American fern. Um, and that is marketed for people who really want to kind of go a step up in terms of their sun protection. It also can help for people who have these, um, skin disorders that come from the sun where they get rashes in the sun. Sometimes Uh that's helpful, but it's not a sunscreen. It's an antioxidant. So the idea is that it's kind of sopping up the free radicals from Hmm. the sun to help prevent that DNA damage that can go on to develop a skin cancer.
2: You got that, Ansley? A little bit. (laughs) Okay, write down that name because I guess it will be week after next. Um, Anna Blair... Who was with us? I guess month before last. And Anse, we'll be talking about supplements oh, and yes. some of the things that you should think about in buying supplements. And so you had mentioned, Dr. Ward, early on that that looking at supplements and how they aren't regulated, right. our, our topical type things and right. all that. Uh, so we're going to be talking about supplements and how to look, how to how to buy a supplement, the things mm, that you should look for topic. to make sure mm-hmm. that it is something that's certified, or at least to make sure that if it's something that's recommended. That It has in the bottle what it says it has in the bottle, which is a point that you brought up because anybody can make those claims. So you have to be, in my mind, just very, very cautious and diligent about making sure uh, what you're buying. Right. What you're paying your money for. So, we've had a great discussion today. Thank you for being with us. Thank you. I've, I've learned some things that I know I need to do Me too. <laughs> pretty quick here. Pretty quick here. <laughs> so, we appreciate you joining us today. Uh, this is Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit. We're a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting, Think Radio, funded in a part for the University of Mississippi Medical Center and by the generous support from the members of the Foundation for Public Broadcasting in Mississippi. Today's show was engineered by Jay White. Please join us next Monday at eleven for Southern Remedy, Healthy and Fit, and stay tuned. NPR's Here and Now is next on MPB Think Radio.